0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 295 of the Siren Stoads podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by only Peter in what can be described as a role of digital co host.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um,. This week, it's just us. It's only us here with the two-man Can Jam Edition. Just the
0: two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us.
1: Just the two of us. It is the day after New Year's Eve. Sure is. Commonly (laughs) known as New Year's Day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
0: just now realizing that the restaurant we plan to go to might not be open.
1: <laughs> just might not be open. Maybe we could get a Grubhub, or we'll, we'll see what's what food like is available. We'll
0: see what's shaking and baking in various forms of cooking. Um, we're very tired. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, <laughs> I did not get a lot of sleep, and it was not continuous. <laughs> I can see my bed from my. From my computer desk which was not always possible but it is possible this week because my bed was the couch <laughs> and i had i took more mental effort than than i had hoped to string those the, those series of words together
0: it's you know you play uno and then you spend five minutes interrogating someone about what color the last card is when you have no agency and then you wake up the next morning, and your brain's just—it's done.
1: Yeah, this guy. So we played. So we played Uno last night, and this guy, with first we have met. We first of all we had to talk about the rules. There were there were several regional disputes between the bylaws. Uh, vote in the comments if you feel that. Um, the stacking of draw twos, commonly known as two chains, uh, is a legal play in Uno for you. I think um, we 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 allowed
0: that. The okay. one that I had an objection to was challenging the draw four. If I want to play a draw four,
1: I can play a fucking draw four. <laughs> That's like how this squ- is America. <laughs> <laughs> all, all races drawing in harmony,
0: <laughs>
1: part of a unified whole. It's like how um. You ever seen you ever seen the state of modern scrabble?
0: Is there a scrabble meta?
1: There is a scrabble meta. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's there's an official scrabble dictionary and it has words that you normally wouldn't think are words like like br- you know things like I don't know brain b r a y n brain. Um is that Brian. <laughs> it's it's less of <laughs> it's it's like Rouge and Rogue. Um, No, but it's not useful as like, not so useful as an actual dictionary, more as like a gameplay book because a lot of the Scrabble meta, like anyone can put together some words. Right, but a lot of the meta is bluffing that you've actually made a legal word, <laughs> and then your opponent having to weigh the option on whether to challenge you to look it up in the dictionary. Because if they lose, like it's a it's a double or nothing kind of
0: right. Uh, thing. I see. That's
1: so it's <laughs> it it's becomes a game a... of
0: honor and diplomacy, <laughs> Generally good natured.
1: <laughs> um so so we get to this point in the game and I have Kurt Kurt has like I don't know three cards left I got like one I've got one yeah, card left I think
0: it's important to note that this one card uh he's in this position because I played a wild card in which I was forced to swap hands when I had uno. Yes, cuz cause the
1: cause the the wild cards had their own rules now. Yeah. Which, not a fan of We we tried rebalancing the game <laughs> to disastrous results. We're not
0: game designers for a reason.
1: <laughs> but this was before the calamity of pick up the stack Next suck. <laughs> Uh,
0: that card played at that moment is
1: uncomebackable. No. <laughs> we need a wild card. That's a comeback mechanic. Um so it was it was a Yu-Gi-Oh level moment where he was really debating which color card I had in my hand that he had given to me. He's trying to recall from the deepest depth, like he needed the inception team to go in and figure out which color Uno card he had given to me. And then, so he, he goes over this like with us, a team talk, we're trying to work <laughs> it out here, and it comes to a head. he finally gets there, and he looks at his card, and he says, "Oh, I can't actually play anything. <laughs> I have no I have agency in
0: this situation, <laughs> 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 which I had legitimately forgotten. <laughs> I could not play any of these cards, <laughs> which by the way, were all the same color, <laughs> which." <laughs>
1: blue or red or oh wait no i have yellow <laughs> Oh, they're all yellow whoops um yeah so that's uh, be
0: careful of uno kids that's the legend that's the that's the moral of the story
1: mm-hmm. um this week uh even though i just said that i'm looking at my couch bed from my desk we are yet still coming live <laughs> coming at you live <laughs> From. Can wait, you
0: come when you're dead? Is that a thing? Uh,
1: from Eater's House. See, I took the first and last letters off of the name, so it's a new name now. Eater's House. Much like the central location <laughs> in this week's feature, Matrix Resurrections.
0: Matrix Regurgitations, because no one's made that joke before. That won't be the title of this episode. It will be the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't care. It's a good one. I don't care if it's been made before.
1: <laughs> the Matrix doesn't care.
0: The Matrix, this movie didn't care that it was made before. It was willfully ignorant of the fact that it had been made before. But still, at the same time, oddly self-aware about the fact that it was made before. Which would have been endearing, I feel, if not for the fact that it was... Number one, so on the nose. And number two, they did like nothing to refute any of the pretense of like the cash grab sequel. Like they mm-hmm. made a cash grab sequel and they just thought, well, if we point out the fact it's a cash grab sequel, everyone's going to think it's meta commentary and we're going to be seen as geniuses.
1: Yeah. Like was this movie done ironically?
0: Um, You know what? Part of me thinks there's a conspiracy theory that I made up just now that uh, Lana Wachowski did not want there to be another Matrix movie. And when she heard that Warner Brothers was going to do one with or without Mm -hmm. them, uh, she was like... She
1: took the field recorder to the meeting.
0: I'm going to drive this franchise off a fucking cliff so that there will never be a Matrix 5. <laughs> That's the, really the only thing I can come up with. That The other theory is that the Wachowskis aren't as good filmmakers as we think they are, and in fact, the first Matrix was so good because they had studio people that kind of reined in their creativity, a la George Lucas, and then when that made Matrix money, when we got to the sequels, it's like, do whatever the fuck you want, and then we got the Matrix sequels. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, despite despite the the size of this movie, um, and the amount of hype, this is this is a Warner Brothers move and a Warner Brothers movie. Um, yes, you can. <laughs> the movie just, it just doesn't look good at points. At
0: <laughs> this is at the risk of of getting into this too early and and giving away too much of our talking points. Uh, it shares a lot of the same DNA. As Space Jam Two, which is not something that I felt I would ever be able to say about a Matrix movie, mm-hmm. yet here we are in the year 2022.
1: Yeah, I think they really like. I, I they they had to hold back making Space Jam Two because I think what they really wanted <laughs> That's holding to do. Back. <laughs> well, I think what they wanted to do is have LeBron put on a pair of shades and fly <laughs> up into the sky at the end. <laughs> while rage against the machine played. No on the one. No. <laughs> That's the ending he wanted.
0: Yeah. But well, they were like, oh. "No, we we have another movie. where We're going to do that."
1: <laughs> Sorry. Hold up. That's our right. it's still in the budget. You're not you're not on that one. Um yeah, it's it, it's a it's a here and there. There's there's good and there's bad in it. Um but Oh boy!
0: There will be a discussion. It's, it's,
1: it's a spicy meatball. There will for sure be discussion on on that. Um, this is my one comment before we get into Trey watches. This is um, it's perhaps the movie version of using LimeWire to download LimeWire. LimeWire Pro, that is. <laughs> Right. Yes, I remember. Well, we're gonna make people pay for
0: line wire This pirating software that'll stick. This <laughs> no way will be used. They really tried. Us.
1: Remember? Do you remember Groove Shark? I do they, remember Groove Shark. Groove just, Shark was great. They didn't even. Yeah, they were perfect because they uh, they spent their lovely little lifetime sinking all their money into the thing without having any way of being able to recoup their their losses it was just any song anywhere just play it for free
0: yeah it was in many ways spotify before spotify
1: yep and then just like so many internet startups they just kind of never got around to figuring out how they actually made money it's like a control deck <laughs> in that it just supposed you're just supposed to generate success Somehow, oh, you don't know how you're gonna win, yeah, no one knows how they're gonna win. oh, this is interesting, all right, let's get into
0: tray watch or um no, i was I was probably reviews at the follow up of oh, Trey watch, we can call it like trailer watch <laughs> since it's <laughs> like, singular, yeah, <laughs> perhaps for the first time in our
1: it's it's slim pickens, boys, um, um, yeah,
0: there really isn't anything that we haven't touched on
1: because all their movies came out this week yeah, for the end of the year, uh, and they just didn't want to... I don't know what they're waiting for.
0: I don't know either, but I also... Maybe they didn't...
1: Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to release a trailer at the end of the year. I think like, here's they what's just want to give everyone year. a
0: break, or they all got Omicron and can't. Yeah.
1: All the movies got Omicron. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I found the perfect review. Fantastic. Um, so you can't trust Hollywood with re- releasing these reviews <laughs> or releasing these trailers. Sorry, uh, while we're looking at reviews, um, but you can count on the indies to actually like you know hype you up for what's coming next year.
0: Yeah, what's coming?
1: Like you think that like with HBO Max, maybe they'll do it in the next couple weeks, but. Remember, they they had their, like, year of HBO Max or whatever they were doing.
0: Yeah, where all their films came to HBO Max, day one. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like they would want to release, like, a little wrap-up, be like, yo, remember how cool that was this year? <laughs>
0: HBO Max Rewind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's hot. That's <laughs> hot. Um, but they didn't, or, you know, maybe they would think of what's coming next year. Who knows? Who cares? Um. Because we couldn't watch we couldn't find anything on movie clips trailers, but we got it we went over to moviegasm.com.
0: And boy was it a gasm. <laughs> um,
1: gasm from, covered in gasm <laughs> from uh, Bat in the Sun Pictures, um again with director Aaron Shanky. Shanky. Um With With, like, six videos. Yeah, so,
0: I (laughs) Um, mean, we talked about this movie before, and we encouraged everyone to give to the Kickstarter, Uh, but there's a new trailer, and it shows more stuff. It seems like they they have the money they needed to make the movie, Mm -hmm. and the movie is at least partially made.
1: If they've got a plot, and they've got characters...
0: Yes. I'm sorry. I was watching beat down cast plays video games and by video games, it's girls in girls in costume pretending that that are alive five was a connect game. And some dude standing slightly askew to the screen, actually pressing the buttons on a controller.
1: High five in the background. Um, Oh, okay. So this is from the web series "Superpower Beatdown," which is it's like a uh, death match, or you know,
0: yeah, like epic bat- rap battles of history mm-hmm. means death battle, whatever. Skewer tax show was called.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this this was the whole impetus for uh, this kind of movie. But anyways, um, so the white. The White Dragon, Legend
0: of Kama,
1: <laughs> is his bad guy.
0: <laughs> it's an assemble-it-yourself title, or at least he's he's hunted by the government. We mm-hmm. don't know for sure he's a bad guy. I bet you he isn't, and uh, he's he's been framed, and he's 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 dying, and he's a transfer of his power to a new hero, and that hero mm-hmm. is Jason David Frank. And uh yep, that's that's gonna be the movie. He
1: leads the the normal Rangers.
0: <laughs> he reads he reads the Mandalorians uh, into battle. Yep, <laughs> you can't there's... tell me those
1: are Mandalorian suits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's like people that you kind of recognize. Like, who's the? I don't know who the guy in the monk costume is. Um, I
0: think he's
1: he's in one of the the seasons. I I remember his face. Yeah. But um I don't remember much else. Um Yeah, so they're just showing like a bunch of different shots that I have no idea how they're going to go come together.
0: Yeah, it's uh they show him crashing into earth. There's a hologram dude. There's this funny hologram man. There's the rangers, there's a guy with a gun. Um I mean, I think it's I don't think it's gonna be too complicated a plot, to be honest with you. I don't expect, uh, you know, no. Citizen Kane level art from Legend of the White Dragon, no, but I don't want I, Citizen Kane level art from Legend of the White Dragon.
1: I want cut, 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 combat. Yeah, I want, I want fucking
0: grown up Power Rangers.
1: And looking, you know, knowing that this is a like uh, crowd funded indie movie. um I think they spent their budget in, they put it into the right places, which is costumes, the characters, costumes, and choreography, and said, special effects, whatever, these guys have watched men in puppet suits fight for their entire childhood. I think they can handle a little rough green screen.
0: And <laughs> I'll do it a fucking again. <laughs> Oh, the director has cast himself in the movie. That's always a great sign.
1: Oh, who did he cast himself as? Jai. Oh, I guess dragon I should have asked because I don't know who Jai is.
0: Dragon Prime. So I'm thinking that's the original uh, white dragon. Um,
1: Old dragon.
0: Michael Madsen is in this movie. They got, oh, Johnny Bosch. Yes, I was right. I did see him in the first trailer. Mm-hmm. Andrew Bachelor, what were you in? You were in nothing I would know. Uh yeah. da, 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 we'll da, da, the Walking Dead. You
1: were not my hero. This one I can this trailer I can almost actually comb through like like a Marvel fanboy yeah. for stuff cuz it says on their suits it's like ASMM which I guess I have no idea what which that means.
0: Which stands for as M's a
1: thousand in Roman numerals, right? I think so. As 2000. As 2000. <laughs> now that's a 90s sounding moniker. Um what is M
0: in Roman numerals.
1: I like that M JDF has decided, has decided to adopt the um the oh, what's oh fuck Cesaro's Cesaro's best. Seamus. She, he's got the Seamus going on where he's got the little mohawk. Seamus had Seamus had a more flamboyant mohawk but he's got the all connected hair. Yeah,
0: well, you know, he'd just been watching and playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077, so he got inspired.
1: Remember when they were almost going to tease a sequel to the Power Rangers movie? You mean when they did tease a sequel to the Power Rangers movie, and it never happened, despite that movie making okay money? (laughs) Exactly. They needed more Bruce Willis. Um, But JDF obviously was like, I'm ready you you put me in and he's like looking around like Vincent Vega like, huh? Huh? He's gotta be like
0: almost fifty now,
1: right? Jason David
0: Frank. I know he was young when he rose to prominence. He's forty eight years old, yeah. So he's like I mean if, if a Neo decade can t- younger than Keanu Reeves.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so as long as he can do more than Shove his hands out, I don't think all right we'll we'll talk
0: about that we'll, we'll talk, talk. We'll, get um, we'll get there oh my God, he is fifty seven years old. that is mm-hmm. kinda crazy to think about,
1: yeah, you could see it in oh yeah,
0: shots. yeah <laughs> carrie on Moss too poor girl <laughs> should not should not need that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they gave it to him
0: righty. That's that's tray watch folks. That's
1: the tray that we watched.
0: And that's that's all we got. There was also a cute little Sonic two uh teaser trailer, Definitely. red quill, blue quill. Um it was just one digital rain graphic and clips we already saw so, from the previous trailer. Of course. Um there was new well not new Batman. It's the same the Batman trailer, just labeled as something else. And uh yeah, that was that's about it. That Uncharted movie's still coming
1: out, no yep. one no one wants to watch it. Paramount's making Sonic two. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like a in studio joke thing, it's like a no, it's it's, a it's, shot. A little cute little shot fired across the bow. Yes.
0: I would love nothing more than for Sonic Two to make more money than the Matrix Resurrection. And you know what, looking at the box office this week That's not (laughs) That's not impossible (laughs) By any stretch of the imagination Nope So, uh, once again, in first this week On the follow up, we have Spider-Man No Way Home Bringing in a uh, You know, it's down 67.5% So, you know It only brought in a paltry (laughs) (laughs) 84.5 million dollars Good enough for first place. It has made one point two billion dollars. I think this is the first billion dollar movie of the pandemic.
1: They made it happen.
0: They did make it happen. Like I, I said to Peter, we were at Mannerys mm-hmm. <laughs> after recording um something, I don't remember.
1: A couple weeks ago. Yeah.
0: It was after we saw it. Jake still hadn't seen it yet. When we were talking about, him, like, if this weren't the pandemic, this would be a $1.5 billion movie. And here we are in the pandemic, and it's a $1.2 billion movie in its second week. So maybe if it weren't for the pandemic, this would have been a $2 billion movie.
1: Mm-hmm. This was... Dude, fucking... Marvel just blew their load with this. They They waited. They edged.
0: You know, in a lot of ways, No Way Home I feel is, like, what Matrix Resurrections wanted to be, you know, mm-hmm. and take take stuff from the past, you know, iconic lines and characters, but kind of like use them to build new stories and situations, and not play with tin snips during the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna take these away from you before you hurt yourself. <laughs> That's what you guys. Heard.
1: <laughs> I get. To- I get distracted by toys. I, <laughs> by I toys, it my means little...
0: fucking household
1: junk. <laughs> I'm taking staples and just cleaving them with the tin snips from my closet. Why did I have those out? Even I don't remember.
0: <laughs> you were going. We we needed to cut something. And then I was like, do you have scissors? And you're like, I have tin snips. I'm like, I really think scissors would be appropriate for this. And you're like, but tin snips are more fun. I'm like. Whatever, dude. (laughs) Am
1: I not having fun? I mean, you're having... Are you not
0: entertained? You're having a lot of fun, but in this largely audio medium that we've got going on here, I'm not sure the audience is necessarily as entertained. (laughs) Now Uh, that
1: that everyone has their hearing back after the audio popped.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so that's No Way Home. Sing 2 is in second, a very distant second. Uh, sixty-four million dollars behind the pace, so it got lapped four x almost.
1: Yep i of, of all the movies that are like making of all the kids movies to make mega bucks, I I'm disappointed that it's Sing too. I
0: hate that the movie is called like I've never never saw Sing, and from what I hear, it's a pretty good movie. But I had two major issues with it. Number one why why do i care about an animal singing contest like why is this movie being made and the trailers were like just the contest i'm like i don't want to watch predetermined <laughs> digital animal american idol
1: you know back back in the early 2000s um this was something like this was relegated to a special feature on the shrek 2 dvd menu
0: yes um and then you you call it sing. You call your movie Sing. That is the laziest fucking title ever.
1: <laughs> Maybe that was the key. They're just like if we make what if we made a movie so generic that everyone came and watched it.
0: I you mean, you know, perhaps that's it. Uh but it's made 95 million dollars worldwide to date off the back of a 70 million dollar domestic box office. Um It is... It's not doing well. Actually, you know what? I want to check the rankings on No Way Home real quick. Because I'm relearning how to do box office mojo things. Because they Mm. changed the site on us this year. And I'll never forget them. Because we can no longer check in our favorite category. (laughs) Horror terror from the deep. Um, Okay, so... Domestic all time rankings for Spider Man No Way Home. Top opening weekend by month, December, rank one. Uh, a reminder The Force Awakens also came out in December, as did the, the other two yep. abominations. Um, opening weekend by season, holiday season, number one ranked. Number two, top single day grosses, I assume behind Endgame. Uh, fastest to 100, second fastest to 150 million, f- second fastest to 200 million, second fastest. So, this is basically it's number two or three in like every major category. You have to go down to like top single day non opening gross by day of the week, Wednesday. It's number 12. <laughs> it's, it, it is, uh, Ranked 194 <laughs> the uh, biggest second weekend drops, <laughs> but that's a, yeah. a category, that's a lower is better or higher is better category, I guess.
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so No Way Home's doing quite well for itself. Um, same to Matrix Resurrections opened with 12 million dollars, <laughs> so never a great sign when you get beat. In your opening week by Sing 2. (sighs) A lot of people will point to the fact that The Matrix was also for free on HBO Max, but that is. uh, I think
1: they took that into account when they estimated this.
0: Yeah, that's not really neither here nor there. Um, It's made $71 million worldwide, which I'm sure is far below what. They were hoping. But I feel like the Matrix sequels have such a bad reputation that, of course, everyone was going to see it at home on HBO Max for, like, Mm -hmm. either no additional money or just $15 for their family of four.
1: Yeah, it especially helps when you get to an hour 40 of the two-and-a-half-hour runtime, and you can do something else. Yeah. Like... I maybe would keep my attention in the theater, but I I had stuff to do yesterday. You
0: know, I'm not even so sure about that. Like, I've only walked out of a movie once, and it was basically over at that point.
1: (laughs) You suggesting that this is as bad as Sherlock and Holmes?
0: I didn't see that. I walked out of uh, like the last twenty minutes of Blockers.
1: Oh. (laughs) You saw blockers. I did
0: see blockers in theaters.
1: John Cena.
0: Um, I I was I had AMC Stubbs Eight List. I had to <laughs> see something that week. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I like I I always say you know I may have walked out on this one, but I almost never do it. This one I don't know because like forty five minutes in when I was watching at home, I was like, how much longer in this movie? Why is this movie two and a half fucking hours long? And I took a break. And I came back, and I did not like what I saw.
1: Oh, no, it's the rest of the movie. It's still waiting for me. (laughs) Uh,
0: The King's Man opened in four. Somewhat disappointing. Five. I mean, it's up against some heavy hitters, so I guess that's fair. But it is a... uh, Five nine million dollar movie. It just excuse me. Shade under thirty two hundred theaters, which is a decent per theater take, not as good a per theater take as American Underdog, the Kurt Warner Story. Mm-hmm. Um which made ten million has made ten million dollars to date all domestic, uh, but opened last weekend with just five eighty nine. $5.89 million and a spot in our spotlight yes. where we, we take a look at movies.
1: We like that spot. Yeah. I
0: like the way you're talking. Um, so it's doing. Let me look at the Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to make up that stupid. All right, Rotten Tomatoes, but I should probably do my job and actually check it. <laughs> <laughs> Um oh I heard bad things about the Book of Boba <laughs> it's first episode.
1: I, I'm tempted to watch it. Yeah, we'll, maybe after yeah, maybe if we get getting lunch.
0: Yeah, if we get lunch we can let's we can see it check it out. Fucking riff on it. Um let's see. Spider Man oh uh, that's popular streaming. Um what's out this week? Where to show me show me American Underduke. Um uh, it has a seventy three on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's doing all right. Seventy three critic score. Ninety-eight audience score, so audiences seem to love it. Audiences always love a good inspirational sports movie, so that's mm-hmm. no surprise. Makes um, sense.
1: Um, they cleaned out the bridge this week. The reviewers are, uh, are scant on the ground, but they are still more numerous <laughs> and more powerful. They are legion <laughs> And the paid hack
0: reviewers. Yeah, we don't listen to those hacks. We got our. Our good old fashioned IMDb users who have deigned this movie with a seven point six out of ten, which is Mm -hmm. actually pretty fucking good.
1: It is choice. I mean, that makes sense. I was so this is going to be interesting doing the reviews. I mean, for you it'll be fine, but for me it goes like tens, nines, eight, seven, six, three. Well, you
0: see, there are no one star reviews for this movie, which might be a first. In our history of doing the segment, there are some two and three star reviews. Though um, I have selected the three star review, so uh, I guess you can
1: have have the two for. I was yes, I could take the two for. But the mm-hmm. two, if you read the two for, I'm gonna use that as one of my middling reviews. <laughs> okay, because that's where it belongs. Um, I'm gonna can. Which one of us wants to use? Wisp, Wisp Barry. I I
0: found that and I said I found the perfect review, so
1: I I feel like I have to, especially coming from me. I think this would be hilarious. Good. Um, All right, you got that, and I got the other one.
0: But we start as always with the 10 star reviews. Um, welcome to holiday edition of the podcast where we did no prep work. (laughs) We are
1: flying, baby, free falling. Um,
0: this is from Peach Jerry. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Far more than a sports movie, Colin great, exclamation mark. That's, that's his pitch for the, the sequel's title, I think. So good. That's three O's on so and three exclamation marks. Kurt struggles to overcome... Oh, this is going to confuse me. Kurt struggles to overcome the many hurdles that he faces to accomplish his football dreams (laughs) would be a movie in itself. But it's far more. This is not just another Rudy movie. It's a movie about finding a love who has her own struggles. A young divorcee with two children... One who's tragically disabled, but heroic as well. It's simply a movie that inspires and touches you like few have. See <laughs> so Rad of one found that helpful. Oh I wonder.
1: <laughs> um We're saving yours yours for, for okay. last. So I got this uh, I got this three out of three out of ten here. Uh, from use, user user one five one five nine, usebot one five one nine reporting for review duty. <laughs> review sp- swarm, <laughs> They're swarming. Um, too much family drama. More than half of the movie is a family drama about Kurt and his wife. Football takes little screen time and is almost an afterthought. The whole movie, Kurt's girlfriend is worried that he will leave her. <laughs> I'm surprised they approved this screenplay because it's boring. This should have been a movie about Kurt Warner the football legend and not Kurt Warner a dude with family issues. <laughs> 8 out of 39 found that helpful. I'm glad they added the last name because it was... Some... <laughs> For fucking Ephesus. <laughs>
0: well, no, it's because they knew we would be reviewing
1: it. <laughs> they figured we gotta specify. <laughs> gotta Specify. Um, Which, Kurt, we're talking about here. <laughs> so the only actually middle-of-the-road review that we got here, without me straying too much into the high-level territory, is the 6 out of 10 by uh, Christopher's Hobris. Or Christopher Shobris? Shobr-
0: Shobri- Shabri? Shabri?
1: Shabra? Shabra. My Shabra- I passed my Shabriety
0: My Shabrona.
1: <laughs> um, a feel-good story, but nothing new. I gave a very average rating for a very average movie. I went into this hoping that maybe it can have the same effect as 42 did. While it had some elements, it just wasn't anything memorable or anything unique about this. It's not the best football movie. It's not the best Christian-based movie. (laughs) It's just very run-of-the-mill. The acting is average. Levi does a fine job trying to exercise his dramatic skills, but was never hooked into his performance. needs a a pronoun there Um, Anna Pekin plays your typical wife with typical problems and some of it is very cliched and the one guy I was looking forward to seeing was Dennis Quaid but even he didn't turn in a mind bending performance sometimes came across as awkward and silly the only two things that didn't impress me however was the young actor who played Zach whose name is Hayden Zoller I thought he did a fantastic job giving only the standout, most genuine performance in the film. The last thing is the ending. The editing at the end of the film was very subtle and caught me off guard, but at the same time I do feel like the ending was compromised, as it just didn't feel complete. I appreciate what they were going for, and I like editing. Its, the editing itself, but what it resulted in for the ending as a whole didn't work for me. Overall, I was very unimpressed by this film, I don't hate it or want it to be burned from human existence. However, it was just very generic, very mundane. Nothing <laughs> is that about the common movie. feeling he has about movies. This should be excised from the face of the earth. <laughs> it was very generic, very mundane. Nothing about the movie is anything I'll remember. Certainly not in the same way as 42. The acting was subpar minus Zoller. The story was uneventful and flat, but on the same token, it's a very harmless film. If you just want a movie that it's not too complex and is told in the simplest way, and a movie you can just sit back and relax with as your full attention is not required, then you may enjoy. For people like me who likes to get engrossed in the story and ask for a lot more to be offered, this is not the movie for me. If seen better movies similar to this, and I don't need to talk about it any further. Six point <laughs> one out of ten. Three out of six found that helpful. There was no paragraph breaks in it. I no. felt my brain matter leaving. <laughs> like it's a, it's an okay review, but it's it's terrible in all the subtle ways. It's like a fine, it's like a fine Gorgonzola. <laughs> in that you take a nibble. And then you throw up because it punched <laughs> you in the mouth. It's like one of those moldy blue cheeses where you open up, it's like a geode of fungus inside. I'm pretty sure that's what all blue cheese is?
0: <laughs> all right. So we have Brian Handley, who, uh, interestingly enough, seems to disagree on almost all points with the previous reviewer. Makes sense. For the most part, most of us know the story. Kurt Warner, NFL Super Bowl MVP, NFL MVP, Hall of Famer, never drafted. But this dives so much deeper into the full story. When we get to watch this unfold on screen, it's even better than hearing about it from sports announcers on Kurt's journey to the NFL. Wow, I went to the NFL, huh? I went in expecting to be inspired because it's one of those stories that can only happen in TV and movies. But when it's a true story, it makes it even more inspiring. Highly recommend this movie. So many times in life, things get tough. A lot of us might be in tough situations now, but it doesn't mean it will stay that way. There can be a light at the end of the tunnel but you might just have to keep fighting for it. And that's what this movie shows us, that no matter how tough life's obstacles may be, things can get better. You've got to fight for, for your, your light
1: <laughs> to party.
0: <laughs> 17 out of 23 found that helpful. Right. Now hit us with the perfect review. Oh, come on. I Did I close it? Where's my history? Oh, I got it for you.
1: Oh, I got the Worfstenberry right here. Okay.
0: Okay, good story, but definitely not the Christian movie that was advertised. It
1: was not advertised as a Christian movie, by the (laughs) Uh, way. Yes,
0: we need to make that point very clear. American Underdog showcases both the best and worst of films directed by Andrew and John Irwin. On the positive side, the cinematography is excellent. The Irwins excel at producing quality sports footage, and this movie is a prime example of that that talent. The story is very touching and emotional. On the negative side, the film was definitely not the Christian experience that was advertised. It was billed as a story that demonstrates that anything is possible when you have faith, family, and determination. Uh, Zach Morris, time out here. Um faith in yourself (laughs) not necessarily
1: faith in God (laughs) not all faith is capital F faith
0: (laughs) but there was practically no faith element anywhere in the film there are a few nebulous references to God but the focus was primarily on chasing dreams The god of this movie was just some sort of big sky daddy who hands out <laughs> dreams for people to pursue. Other negative. Big
1: Papa Pump Sky Daddy got you. Oh, big sky Pum. daddy Papa Pump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Did I again? God, hit a frankensteiner <laughs> Fucking Satan! By
0: God,
2: that's me. Uh. <laughs>
0: That's the name of my finish, The bugger. The bugger. Other negatives include the unexpectedly large amount of cursing for a Christian movie.
1: <laughs>
0: the number of scenes portraying alcohol in a positive light. And the not at all subtle implications that shacking up together is perfectly acceptable among Christians. Overall, the film was a nice story that would fit in well on the Lifetime Network, but is definitely not the wholesome Christian entertainment that the Irwins produced in their earlier films. Six out of 45 found that helpful. Now we have to answer a question ourselves. Sincere or troll job? This is like my immortal levels of mm-hmm. indecipherable.
1: In well okay this only this only muddles it further. This is his only review in his seven year history. Well, I think
0: that makes it seem a little more like this is a troll job unless he was so so hurt that this, <laughs> this advertised this Christian movie that was definitely not advertised as a Christian movie was in fact not a Christian movie. <laughs>
1: I, oh, I'm lost in Poe's Law. I'm lost in the sauce here. All right, let's look at what, what what other things did the Irwin Brothers make?
0: October. All right, do any of these? Okay, so I still believe that's okay. definitely a Christian movie. The Jesus music, I could see that being a Christian, Christian movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other films include October Baby, mm. Mom's Night Out. Oh, wait. Okay, so that is a Christian drama, October Baby. Mom's Night Out. American faith-based comedy, <laughs> Whip on. 2015 American Christian sports drama. <laughs> okay, so the, I guess they do have a history
1: of doing Christian movies. these guys were sincere. Maybe they... Well, but, but no,
0: no, no, no. I still... Okay, you can go in expecting maybe a little more Christian stuff because of their previous work. That that I get, but to say that this movie was advertised as a Christian movie, and that being the main conceit of your review, is that this is not wholesome Christian entertainment, because people drink alcohol and don't spontaneously combust, and premarital sex does not turn you into a fucking gremlin or whatever the fuck the Christian myth
1: says it does to you. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't think he's over the top enough to be a troll. So if he is, he's a very subtle troll, and he's got me. He's got my vote.
0: Okay, well, we're we're split ballot here. You decide yep. at home.
1: <laughs> you figure, figure this shit out for us, um, and I'm gonna end with our last middling review. This two out of ten from Batul Balloonhead, um, titled "Yes." <coughs> this may be the bonus round for yes. for you at home. <laughs> like you, you just answered this one. This one is the is the one is the two in the one two punch. Um, so this two out of ten review entitled "Yes" by Batul Balloonhead. Um, uh, make their dream. Warning: spoilers. Make their dreams happen despite the odds, and that is what makes it truly inspiring. It even it isn't even so much about football, but about the work it takes to make what seems an impossible goal come to fruition. There is some football, but not as much as some people here. Obviously, one out of ten found it helpful. <laughs>
0: I think you forgot the rest of that sentence. Here <laughs> yeah. was like, eh, nah,
1: it'll be fine." Oh my! Wait, <laughs> these are his reviews. Really bad, yes, nah, yes, one... (laughs)
0: Licorice pizza.
1: (laughs) One star. Okay. Here, let's read what he's had to say about The Matrix Resurrections. Okay. Also Um, titled Yes. Yes. It's one of his
0: favorite titles.
1: Uh, It was with the 2021 movie, The Matrix Resurrections, from director Lana Wachowski. Of course, with the popularity of the original trilogy, then I can understand why they wanted to cash in on this franchise, but come on. <laughs> what did you rate it though? <laughs> well, I
0: w- I'm going to assume two stars, <laughs> given given that all his only other uh, yes review <laughs> is two stars. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, that's that's one rabbit hole. Um, West Side Story. Is in sixth this week, dropping three spots, but only twenty two percent in gross, um, two point eight four seven million dollars, um, and it's third week. That's made only forty million worldwide. You know, for for how hyped up and heavily advertised that movie was. Yeah. I think it's going to lose money.
1: It's not going to happen because. You know what? I fucking my my dad is he loves his musicals. I've, t- I've said this before. And we said when I said, "Do you want to go watch West Side Story?" he's like, "Nah, I just want to go watch the French Dispatch." <laughs> so, even though it's out of theaters, we went and saw that in the hotel room in downtown Troy rather than going to a movie theater to watch <laughs> something like West Side Story.
2: <laughs>
0: um, Journal for Jordan that uh, Oscar Bait Denzel Washington directorial debut there uh, opened in seventh with $2.2 million.
1: (laughs) Obviously wasn't the number one movie in America because of racism. Of course. Um, Then in eighth, we got Licorice Pizza making its wide release, going up uh, to 2,100%. Woo-woo, baby! It is in 786 theaters up by 782 theaters. <laughs> it actually had a pretty So this was this should this is really its first week. Yeah, that's um, that's
0: actually a, dispe- a respectable per
1: theater take. It ranks um still not very high in that. Never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think look at, so I'm looking at these theaters and I can kind of just about s- suss out where um the different Boundaries are so like 400 to 700, those are your indie theaters, then 2,000 that's your small screen and uh regular theaters, and then 3,000 and 4,000 multiplexes, the yeah, they're holding everything, yep. Um,
0: um, and Kanto. Is in ninth, down all the way from second last week. Seventy two percent drop. Holy shit. I think that's the highest I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and already being dropped by seven hundred and twenty-five theaters. I guess it is in its fifth week. But man, seventy two percent. Five weeks that's it. Yeah. For a Disney movie.
1: They fucking yanked it. They yeah. I'm almost curious to see why like I can guess why that it's like a bland unoriginal story. That just has a bunch of that's feature is look at what actors we got to have in this rather than
0: and it's in Colombia. All you Colombians go see it. Oh boy! And Ecuadorians um, and other neighboring countries.
1: Yeah, they were. I think they were trying to gamble on another less popular Marvel property, but this isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. This is not. Um, I'm guessing that they weren't able to hit the weird vibe that. The cool, weird niche that um, James Gunn did when he made his um, B-tier hero. Encanto hero Marvel. Oh, I thought we were talking about Eternals.
0: Oh, no. We were talking about Encanto.
1: Oh! Yeah, Eternals
0: is gone. <laughs> you, you
1: had me until you said Marvel. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I strung you all along. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, because Eternals is, yeah, 360 theaters. Yeah. That's that's eight weeks and that's gone. Yeah, I I did not care for
0: Eternals. I thought it was boring as shit.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, oh yeah, and, and I mean we saw we saw the reviews from Kanto and everyone said it was like, meh, meh. Yeah. And that's you can't have that in a Disney thing if you're gonna build a a franchise off of every single thing you produce.
0: And eighty three rounds out the top ten. 83, that movie that snuck up on us. Uh, It's definitely a Bollywood film because it's about cricket. (laughs) On June twenty-fifth, 1983, the Lord's Cricket Ground witnessed 14 men beat the two-time world champion West Indies, putting India back on the cricket world
1: stage. I was tempted to do the reviews for this.
0: How much has that made? Okay, I'm confused. So this is clearly a Bollywood film. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet, it's grossed $2.8 million domestically and only 806000 internationally. Don't you think it would be making big money in India? Isn't that how this shit works?
1: I don't know. I haven't paid attention to the Bollywood movies. Um, I'm going to play this trailer and see what this looks like. Oh, stupid oh
0: it looks like an IMDb ad. Great. Who'd have thought? Get out of here. Towards London. It's a live reaction. There's a man with a tambourine, a man with a whistle. Uh, none of these people really look Indian.
1: <laughs> cricket and wickets and stuff. Um, this is just so far. It's slow mo footage of of cricket, just a generic yes. cricket match. A man with but an impeccably bad mustache and a and it's away. Tight, <laughs> and it's away and uh and he runs uh cricket dialogue cr- cricket commentary yeah i think um, that's a sick. that's a four or a six i, don't I think there's
0: there's he... there a friend on reddit the other day that's like uh name something that americans just don't understand and one of the responses was cricket i'm like that's the correct answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think i'll ever understand cricket that was it... the teaser for the trailer <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was uh trailer that had a trailer release date trailer out November thirtieth <laughs> when's the movie out? Oh, you'll have to see the trailer.
1: <laughs> Let me scroll back down here okay uh this is the this is the other trailer for it or the behind the scenes okay, I don't care anymore yeah uh, it's not that interesting
0: uh we're checking down the French dispatch it's made forty two million dollars. And it's in like six theaters. So right. that's
1: about what it made. Here's my here's my 30-second review. Um, if you like Wes Anderson, this is his... Again, Wes Anderson uh, is flexing, as Wes Anderson likes to do. Uh, in this case, uh, the exercise is how many framing devices can I stack on one another? <laughs> um, which I believe he hits four by the end of the movie. Oh, dear. Where it's a flashback in a story being told by a guy who's recounting a story for an article in a magazine, which is being told, the story of the article of the magazine is being told by another person. So,
0: so, is, so that's basically you took the framing devices of his previous movies and shoved them all in the one?
1: Just, yeah. He just kept stacking them on top. Um, it's told as a series of vignettes or or shorts, almost. Um, I like the first short. The middle short was okay. I didn't quite get it. And then the last short was also pretty good. Um, and there's some other stuff in there. And, of course, like every other Wes Anderson thing, is just ultra-dense. And it's like trying to eat one of them super-tall pub burgers where they <laughs> serve you your $7... IPA next to it. You gotta unhinge your jaw to get around it. Yeah, yeah, it's about the equivalent. Of that. So, um, I guess I liked it. Like watching it with, you know, you know, it. There are many, there are many, 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 many worse ways to to spend an evening with a movie. Um, and this came in at a, like a reasonable runtime of like hour forty five. As
0: most of his movies tend to to be, like Grand Budapest Hotel was only like an hour forty, and I appreciate that about movies. When they don't feel the need to be
1: bigger than
0: necessary. Mm-hmm. Oh man!
1: Also, if you know French, the movie it's like the blue option in FTL. <laughs> you just you just get more out of it because they have a lot of French dialogue that is not subtitled <laughs> at all. Uh, and that's my review of the French Dispatch.
0: Rocks. No, we'll shift over to the gaming news now. Uh, GTA Trilogy owners. Go get yourself a free game as Rockstar's half-hearted apology mm. for you buying this shitty-ass release. Um, players who own the trilogy on PC can pick up one 3-game from a pre-selected list over at Rockstar's website. If the game doesn't tickle your fancy, you can grab a great white shark card for GTA Online or f- 55 gold bars for Red Dead Redemption Online. Game-wise, you can get your hands on one of the following... Grand Theft Auto 5 Premium Edition, Grand Theft Auto 4 Complete Edition, Max Payne 3, L.A. Noir or Bully, Scholarship Edition. Games that can be purchased for less than $10. <laughs> <laughs> Often. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Rockstar. Um, yeah, that fucking... That's, that's hardly a... A uh, sweetener there. Titanfall 2 gets fan-made custom servers on PC. The new North Star mod promises to give EA's long-suffering shooter a new lease on life. I love Titanfall 2. After months of struggles with hacks and DDoS attacks that at times rendered the game virtually unplayable, Titanfall 2 is getting a second lease on life by way of a new mod called North Star that enables players on PC to set up their own custom servers. North Northstar mod enables Titanfall 2 players to host their own Titanfall 2 servers using custom scripts and assets to create custom content as well as being able to host vanilla content. Importantly, it also greatly reduces the risk of and attacks on servers as they'll be more spread out. That wasn't in the article. That was me explaining it. Yes. Um, so that's good. I think Titanfall 2 is one of the best shooters of this generation, I guess it's the last generation at this point, right yeah, um, really fun game i I can't recommend campaign's great too uh kill bizarre demons and use their blood as paint in a mad rogue and mad rogue like brutal orchestra. this game sounds like it it could be for me <laughs> you had me at rogue like <laughs> the turn based strategy rogue like puts you up against an even stranger. Purgatorial Pandemonium.
1: What's the name of this one?
0: Brutal Orchestra.
1: Brutal Orchestra. Okay,
0: here's the setup for brutal, Brutal Orchestra. You're dead. Someone killed you. And you can't do anything about escaping Purgatory. But you can definitely set yourself up for revenge when they arrive here, too. Building a party, 20 other weird underworld rejects, you're guided across a Purgatory landscape inspired by the bizarre paintings of the Hieronymus Bosch and Peter... Oh, Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah, Hieronymus Bosch and Peter Bruegel, mm-hmm. where demons are fish inside of a human skin suit or have trumpets in their butts. But honestly, those are the much tamer ideas in here.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the... The serpent here, and I remember there is this purple serpent with a face but also a mouth like no face from Um, Spirited Away. Right? Um, I believe this looks like the guy who did he did it like an indie game where you played as a tiny fish and you grew into one of these guys eventually. Um, so I don't know why it's hitting a string, um, a familiar note. And then I look at the next picture, I'm like, is this just Hylix?
0: Yeah, that's what that's what are I thought just, seeing here as like just, this feels like it's Hylix meets uh, some sort of roguelike like um yeah.
1: less, less hilix with less uh insane effort put in yeah only a ridiculous effort
0: <laughs> it's a tactical and strategic battle system one where you move characters between five positions to attack or avoid attacks Trying to get optimal face-offs of your enemy's own five units. The whole system is powered by pigment, the goopy blood, and or viscera inside your enemies. Every character skill costs pigment of a certain color combination. You get more pigment by hitting enemies whose health bar is that color. What's great about the system is that you can mess up by killing enemies in a bad order, leaving some of your characters unable to get more resources to act. You can also mana burn yourself as having too much pigment deals damage when you act. Yep. It's fully released and quite polished. Um, and it looks interesting. Maybe we'll check it out. Um, speaking of Rockstar, again, they, they make the news. A former Rockstar developer um, has said that Bully 2, the oft-requested sequel from Rockstar, uh, was canned in 2009. Rockstar Games was developing Bully 2 at their New England studio in 2008 and had six to seven hours of playable game content before development halted as developers were moved to other projects. This according to ex-developers at Rockstar New England and outlined in an expose by Game Informer, who say that by the end of 2009, Bully 2 was effectively dead. The original Bully released in 2006 took Rockstar's signature sophomore humor To the setting of a private school, it's fondly remembered cult classic amongst many and even got an expanded edition in 2008. The success of that expanded edition prompted Rockstar to buy New England-based Mad Doc software and rename it Rockstar New England. There have been many stories over the years of the game's development and cancellation, but none have been so thoroughly detailed with inside sources as the Game Informer report. Of note, these sources all but confirm that the 2017 leaks... Concept art on Twitter account called Bully2Info were generally legitimate. Bully2 was an active development for something like 12 to 18 months, according to those developers, before it was softly killed by Rockstar management. At one point, it appears that almost the entire New England studio of 50 to 70 people were working on the game. Over that time, however, more and more developers were moved to games like Max Payne 3 and Red Dead Redemption. Other developers left in protest as the recently acquired New England studio started to conform to Rockstar's internal death march of crunch. No. Tale as old as time, beauty and the beast.
1: Beauty and the crunch. Mm-hmm.
0: Bitburner is an indie game about hacking that teaches real javascript.
1: I'm sure it does. Good good for you.
0: You don't have to know javascript to get started. Now, that's actually cool. Like if you can it's like Mavis Beacon teaches typing, right? Or I'm sorry, not Type to Learn 3. I, I don't know which <laughs> If you had that at your school. But it was basically... there's There's been several video games to teach you typing.
1: Like, oh yeah, Math Blaster's a good one. Uh, this is not the Math Blaster I remember. What was the one... This was... Alright. This is a call out to the void. We did not have Math Blaster as our computer game at school. We had one where you were like... It was a side-scroller, like survival horror kind of game. Where you walked around as like a... TV with a with a baseball cap maybe, and you had to go into the rooms and solve math problems. But sometimes evil men like ran at you from across the thing, and you had to shoot them with a plunger, or else they tackled you. And then you also had to solve math problems, but with a time limit this time. Um, and if you didn't, you died, or some shit like that. I have no, uh, that no was idea. a very inaccurate um, description of that game, <laughs> but. That's about as close as I can get it from my memory of like third grade pajama Sam. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it was it was surreal, but that's what we had. We had that and Magic School Bus games at the library. So check
0: out Bitburner if you're interested in learning JavaScript in a fun environment. Uh, TikTok has unseated Google as the top website in the world, according to one website ranking uh so far. So I believe it is uh Cloudflare, uh according to their rankings of website traffic data for twenty twenty one. TikTok placed ahead of Google for the most popular domain last year. Google took first place. New social media website only sat at seventh place. Okay. TikTok was not new last year. It rebranded okay. from musically.
1: Oh, was that only this year? I think it was last year or the year before. Okay. Okay. I was like, it can't be that new. There's no fucking way. No.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, it, it it seemingly shot up in popularity out of nowhere, but mm-hmm. it had been around the block for a minute. And lastly, former director says Harry Potter MMO was killed by EA over concerns that Harry Potter wouldn't have a quote-unquote shelf life. In a recent interview on Twitch, former VP of Global Brand Management for Activision and Director of Product Marketing for EA, Kim Salzer, discussed the project that got away, the game she worked on that was never released Harry Potter, the MMO. We did all the research, Salzer says. We had the beta built out, it was a combination of offline and online experience. Where we'd actually mail stuff to kids Like prizes and ribbons and stuff like that It was thoroughly researched Very confident in the success of this But it was killed for lack of a better term Because EA was going through some changes At the time and They didn't know or believe enough That the IP would have a shelf life longer than a year or two EA once again Doing EA things I see Peter's already pulled up a relevant XKDC.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just pulled up (laughs) regular XKCD. Um, But it's here. We're putting it away. We're pulling out our Matrix. Regurgitations!
0: Um, Yeah. This movie... To put it bluntly, this movie's no good.
1: (laughs) It's not good, but it's... I don't think it's... I could call it bad. And it's not boring. It's just not what... I I, I felt it was pretty boring, to be
0: honest. I mean, it wasn't boring okay. in the same way that the Matrix, like, Revolutions was boring. Or the last hour of Matrix Lo- Loaded was boring. But it's just you spend a lot of time before the story even like starts mm-hmm. and then that story is pretty basic and not very interesting. There's some nuggets in there that were like, Oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. Wish we'd spent more time talking about that.
1: Yeah. I, I would say that they unplugged the brain from, <laughs> is it, they unplugged Neo from the matrix and then they unplugged the brain from the movie. Um, because they they went with, they, they just kind of like, at the end it turned into a generic, um you know, action-adventure film. With really bad action. <laughs> yeah. um The the effects were old.
0: Some of these effects, like the new bullet time effect, looked so chintzy. It was like made-for-TV quality shit. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's really like I I watched the original Matrix, uh, not we reviewed it like a year or two ago on the show, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking when I saw it in the theater for the twentieth anniversary re release, wow, some of these effects have started to age quite a bit. Yep, I had the same thought watching this movie that was new. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's um, what the fuck. So I'm trying to find the movie, um. But yeah, there's nothing as uh, even though you have computers, which sh- should be able to do anything. Yeah. Right. Um. They. Oh, this isn't even in here. Did they? They get rid oh, of it? Wait, I no, go back. I saw it. No, they may have to go forward. Um, they don't have anything like the that first bullet time pan where they had, like, weird, I, uh, that was always a great setup, and it's like, here, practical effects. I know there's a lot of people who, like, you know, harp on the difference between computer and practical effects, but it's saying something that, you know, that effect, that hundred-something camera mega shot was so groundbreaking for its time, and then we get here and they didn't. You know, they didn't want to break any more ground.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's the major thing that kind of separated the Matrix from all Matrix sequels, is that the Matrix did new things and broke a lot of new ground. And Reloaded, you know, you kind of got into the introduction of virtual cameras and things like that. So it broke a little new ground in the effects department, but it wasn't the same. Like, Bullet Time took over... The movie industry for a long time, and even bled over into games, like Max Payne is a game about fucking bullet time, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's great.
1: (laughs) I just love (laughs) scene. Yeah, I want that as a reaction, shift So it's the it's the beginning of the movie. Um, a scene that happens. We'll talk about it later. But I just, you know, I'm looking at the quality of the effects here, and I guess it's supposed to represent disorientation, but. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there are better ways to achieve that effect. I feel. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So this, uh, I, I feel like we just got to talk about it because so much of this movie, um, you yeah, could call it you could call it commentary, you could call it navel gazing, you could call it uh, sniffing its own assholes through a series of gymnastic contortions.
0: Yeah. So I will. I'll say I. I can't really recommend this movie unless you're like morbidly curious. I don't think you really get anything for watching this. If you skip it, you aren't really missing anything of consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't like the other Matrix sequels, this is no better.
1: Yeah. If, if you're just, if you're kind of vibing out there and you're kind of floating and you want to watch something, yeah, I mean, put it on. It's not going to hurt you. Um, and turn it off when you want to turn it off, uh, because it's not spoilers. I guess there's no surprises.
0: Yeah, there is zero surprises in this um, whole movie. Well, I mean, it's not about the. It's really there's some it, bullshit at the end.
1: Yeah, the movie really isn't about the plot at all. There is a plot there, but it's not the important part of your story. I, I guess
0: plot. I'm I'm struggling to come up with the important part of the story. But well, well it's the
1: commentary and all the stuff that they want to say in it.
0: Alright. Well let's let's transition the spoilers here. Um so you've been warned if you haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um turn off now and come back after you've seen it if you choose to, if you care about spoilers. Uh but this movie tries to have its cake, eat it And make fun of the concept of cake all at the same time. And it is a very poor movie for it. Like, the meta-commentary aspect of it could have been interesting had they not been so, like, hard on the nose with it. Because there was no, like, clever illusions. That works with a clever illusion or, like, a deep-cut reference. Like, No Way Home is a good example when... Willem Dafoe's in the Pawnees, like, I'm something of a scientist myself. Like, that's that's a meta-commentary that works, because it's not, like, so Warner Brothers is making a sequel with or without us, you know? And then the brainstorming mm-hmm. sessions, which were so clearly a parody of Hollywood executives. Which,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which I think, like, kind of furthers the position. I I did watch the RLM review. I I was colored by this, but I started Most of to this watch mon- theirs,
0: um, and I, I did not agree with a lot of their points.
1: I the one I did agree with, uh, one I did agree with that they put forward was that like it was almost like these those elements and a lot of that dialogue was kind of like spite dialogue where she's like, "Yeah, guys, this is what's ha- this is where she's just like spilling the beans about the whole the movie and why this is existing right now, right. And why it's coming out, which um, is." It's a it's a it's a weird note that um, Warner Brothers has like they've they've tried to steer into the skid of their own cynical like cash grubbing <laughs> nature. Um, but we should clarify. So the first act of this movie is a theory that our <laughs> my boss has put forward many times is that the Matrix in this movie was a construct, or it was like it was supposed to be the meta thing where. Um, The Matrix exists, and then he finds out that it wasn't something that Neo just made. It was a real thing, and then he goes into the real Matrix. Um, In this case, it's a video game, so they put like one degree of separation. That was a weird choice, but maybe they had something to say about video game development. It makes
0: a little sense, considering that um, Mr. Anderson is a software developer by trade. Mm. Or at least he was in the... uh,
1: Oh, I guess really that makes sense, yeah. Worked
0: for a respectable software company.
1: And so they name drop the Matrix as the Matrix a lot, so that gives them a lot of freeway, uh, leeway to just talk about the Matrix very bluntly.
0: Yeah, which I didn't like how on the nose it was. I keep coming back to that, but it, like it feels creatively bankrupt to be so on the nose about it.
1: Yeah, to to me, like I I get that as a story, it's an awful beat to to use. I think it if this was a like if this was the final piece of the Animatrix collection, if this were, as of, like a commentary on the Matrix as a franchise and wasn't billed as a sequel reboot thing to the Matrix, I I could digest it a little if more. If this
0: were like a parody of the Force Awakens. Which, in some ways, the first act feels like. Because it's the same shit. You know, you take all the old stuff, you bring it back, and you use it as a launching point to tell the exact same fucking story. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been okay with that. But when you get into the second act, all pretense of it being like an elaborate parody is gone. And you're left with just the most genericist sci-fi Versus. action... Yeah, that's, That ever did generic.
1: It's the most... Gen, it's the generic version of the original Matrix. It's like a bad yeah. copy-paste. Um, because, so, you know, a lot of people like, is the philosophy in there legit, or is it just them trying to talk over everyone's heads? And in the original one, I feel that there were at least some overtures made towards actual yeah, uh, philosophy. And a lot of it was... Um, You know, people cite like the brain in the jar argument, but I think it was also um, kind of the Buddha reaching enlightenment kind of argument, which is one you don't see a lot in Western movies. So and um, it's it brought a fresh kind of like there was the 90s and a lot of mysticism was kind of reaching the mainstream and people were like, oh, like yeah, Mr. we were we we're at the dawn
0: of the information age and there were just like limitless possibilities within that. So it was a lightning in the bottle situation where it was the right movie in the right setting. But and they one of the things from the RLM review that I will agree with is that The Matrix was different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, some people really got into the philosophy aspects of it. I know a lot of people who were in college when the movie came out and or briefly afterwards, and that was something they talked about in their philosophy class, you know, uh, but when I look at the Matrix and when I, I have this thought and I, I tried to make this point when we reviewed it on the show, but I don't think I had fully kind of like crystallized the thought yet. Um, the Matrix is, to me at least, a very well-made sci-fi action movie with an interesting conceit, some good world building that asks basically just two fairly basic but innately unanswerable and therefore in- interesting philosophical questions about deter uh destiny versus free will and ignorance is bliss versus, you know, freedom of choice, which I guess is the same sort of thing. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like, would you rather live in a world where you're always cold, you have to eat fucking slop all day, um, but, you know, you're you and you have agency over your actions, or would you want to live in a simulation where you can eat steak dinners every night and, you know, sleep in a warm bed and, you know, it's so real that you'll forget it's fake sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it's not the deepest storytelling. I think a lot of people get a little overboard with how deep and heady the matrix was. And I think that's kind of what ruined the sequels is that the Wachowskis bought into their own hype a little bit with how deep and heady the matrix was. And they Mm -hmm. tried to make it deeper and headier and they lost the forest for the trees.
1: Yeah. And in this one, I feel too like, um, so the, in the fact that it's like a boiled down version of the original is like, they took a lot of, uh, things that, ideas that did work a lot of the things that you just mentioned and they boil it down to a bunch of um, dialectics like it's how many things do these like acids and bases good versus bad me and you and it's like one versus. and it's like we've seen that like a gajillion times yeah in movies like that's the most basic form of conflict that's that's two points making a line wow you really <laughs> did it there you set up a, a one and the other Good, thoughtful, and, like, they basically named all of, like, the really common pop culture dialectics. They were, like, hope versus despair, you know, the future versus the past, um, you know, man and woman, love. I'm surprised they didn't throw in a fucking yin and yang in there.
0: Yeah. Um, there there were some interesting, I don't know if I want to say interesting choices, but there were some things in the movie that I was kind of surprised to see, um, mm-hmm. with modern sensibilities, like the fact that you know, m- a man and women need need each other to achieve their full potential was kind of like a uh, a subtle message there, which I was surprised that they would put in in a modern movie.
1: I guess. Um, I, I, well, I mean, it was um,
0: kind of like not like Finley Vale at all. Like Trinity and Neo needed each other to unlock their full power. And Trinity's also the one in this movie because apparently the one is, is the two now.
1: <laughs> I mean that was the whole point at the end of the movie. They were just like, uh fuck it. We're just gonna do our own thing. I guess deal with it. And they fly off with bit, They're flipping their they're windmilling their double birds as they fly off into the sunset. And it's the together. same
0: fucking ending as the original Matrix, just Trinity's there now, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so uh, I guess while we're talking about that kind of stuff, the um, there's one thing that I really, they really didn't sit well with me, which I get it. I get why they wanted to do it, but it's also icky. Um, so in the first act, they really, they have to ramp up the mind fuck because, you know, the Matrix was able, they had that whole mind fuck campaign because you also, a lot of people had never kind of had those thoughts before. So they had to like, we got to one-up this. So they do this whole like him being mentally ill angle. And this concludes with him, um, you know, finally taking the red pill and seeing that his hallucinations were all real. Um. That, to me, just feels kind of, ugh, because it's it's basically saying, hey, I know, like, it feels to me like they're saying, hey, insane people, it's okay. Fuck, fuck psychiatrists. Fuck mental health. it's oh, The things you're hallucinating and imagining are all actually real. And this, this just validates your opinion that, you know, you don't need mental help. And psychiatrists are always the bad guys. Pills are bad. Throw away all your pills and go seek the truth because it turns out it's all actually real. I think that's
0: kind of a, a bit of a reductive analysis of it. I mean, you can take that, that track of it too, but I, I saw that more as like a good way of working into someone's everyday life. Another circle of control, I guess, to steal from the other Matrix sequels. Because, like, what better way to convince Neo that all he remembers about being Neo oh, is sure. fake? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's. I felt it was like a very appropriate vehicle for that. It just made sense in the story perspective. Mm-hmm. It's just. I don't of... know that there was broader commentary meant there. I'm sure people will interpret it as such. If you managed mm-hmm. to do that, I'm sure there are
1: people with. Far more hairs up their ass that will <laughs> <laughs> will make that interpretation and others. Mm-hmm. It just it just sort of it's a shame to me that it kind of backslides into a cultural trope of um, psych psychiatrists are bad. You don't need help. you just weak. <laughs> exactly. Like that's because that trope is it's a thing that's like used and abused by like cult leaders and say like fucking that's what Scientology that's a big part of Scientology is don't trust psychiatry don't trust mental health officials they're just trying to trick you go get your thetans checked instead <laughs> and I so whenever I see that it just sort of hits like this little tuning fork in the in the base of my cerebellum <laughs> and it's like hey this is a thing that like if you buy, if you try and buy into this it it, it, it makes bad things and it just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, but I don't think that's what they were trying to do. I think yeah. they were trying to, because I mean, when you're watching it, you're really like that. It gives you that uh, feeling that you had watching the first one, where you're like, "Oh fuck, what is, am I? Am I really here? Am I having like a insane ass breakdown?"
0: Yeah, I feel like they could have gotten a little more mileage out of that. Um, but it's kind of like. <laughs> And there's, there's so many weird choices. Like, it's really hard to to focus in on something because there's so many little, like, unforced errors, maybe. I don't even yes. know if they're necessarily all errors, but it's like, why is Morpheus an agent at the beginning of the movie? How did this happen?
1: What's a modal? Well,
0: yeah, what the fuck's a what, modal? What is
1: a modal? Like, they, they say the words that sort of are supposed to explain it, but... Uh, what the fuck is a modal? Maybe it's a programming term. I'm not
0: a computer science major. Explain it to me, please. Movie, you do, you, just, you go out of your way to explain every other little minute detail, mm-hmm. uh, but not not what the fuck a modal is. Um, where's Agent Smith? Why is Agent Smith no longer Hugo Weaving? Is Hugo Weaving really got that much else going on <laughs> right now? <laughs> you couldn't get him back. Like in in all seriousness, though, like him being the visible antagonist of the matrix is a big reason why that movie was so good is because he killed it as agent Smith in, in the first matrix. And mm-hmm. the new guy who's supposed to be agent Smith does not have the screen presence that Hugo Weaving did.
1: <laughs> yeah. He comes off as like a cocky rival, which if you're going to turn matrix into a, a, a dumb brain action franchise, Okay, but then you lose those those like confrontations that Neo has with Agent Smith.
0: Yeah, where it's always ten- like th- that's another overriding theme of this movie is there's very little tension in the movie because mm-hmm. you know oh Neo's basically Jesus. Yeah. Um. Once he remembers that he's in fact Jesus, then everything's gonna be fine. Oh wait, now now Trinity's also a Zette and now there's two of them, and they just beat up fucking Neil Patrick Harris at the end of the movie, despite him being a control program that has no right to feel pain. Like... It's not a real thing. They just beat him up and fly away. (laughs) Like it's the least least climactic climax I've seen in a movie in quite some time. It's like, oh, we gotta save Trinity. Okay, so there's gonna be some tension. Like in the first one they had to go save Trinity, but like the ship they were on, they had a traitor, and you knew that he was a traitor, but they didn't know he was a traitor. you're like, okay, when's he gonna strike? How much damage he's gonna do? Uh and you know, he signals the robots, now the robots are coming to get the ship. There's a lot of moving pieces and it's all you know, it's a race against time sort of thing. Mm -hmm. This was like, Okay, we're out of the matrix, Neo's back, hi, welcome back. Uh some some not so meaningful dialogue. Oh, we gotta go save Trinity, and then they go and save Trinity.
1: The twist was that there was no twist, which is the worst kind of twist. Yes. Um I I guess we'll go first act then third act then second act like that's the other part of this is that like it's just it's just put together so so lazily like they just they don't even they didn't even want to blur the lines they're like I knew that I could literally stop when the fir- the third act started because they have a big exposition scene where the the main character goes okay guys or the the general Niobe, goes Uh, Hey, guys, this is the third act. Oh, Niobe. We're going to (laughs) do... Everyone
0: remember that character that was introduced in the Enter the Matrix video game, but was also... So Actually, Matrix did Kingdom Hearts before Kingdom Hearts did. (laughs) 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 We're going to make this spin-off canon, and you have to watch it to understand what the fuck's
1: going on. Woo! (laughs) Um, Yeah, but she basically gives a big speech to everyone. It's like, all right, guys, it's time for the third act now. We're going to be doing a big action scene. Um... Or what we consider a big action scene. (laughs) And um, that's the next uh, half an hour of this movie. All right, guys. See you on the other side. So
0: I don't know if the actors are older or if they did not budget proper fight choreographers.
1: But the action in this movie was awful. The warehouse (laughs) fight scene was where it Like that that was where it clicked for me because most of it I just kind of glossed over. I'm like, okay, it's it's action. But like, really, when I started looking, that was where my brain clicked on. Said, oh, you know what? This is bad because it it goes hand in hand with the sloppy editing where they didn't cut. They don't. They just don't cut to the right times and to the (laughs) right angles. Like they don't give you the whole scene. And when they're doing fight scenes, they're cutting. They're cutting a lot. Whereas like. In the Matrix, I feel like... I, sh- I should go back and watch the original Matrix, but I, I feel like they uh, they didn't cut unless they oh, no, had they, the full They had a lot of, of static
0: camera shots on the fight scenes, and they were really good. That's one of the things that kind of made the Matrix unique amongst its peers. Because you had, before the Matrix, you had shit like Lawnmower Man and things of that nature, where... Um, you know, you had the kind of cyberpunk, uh, cyberspace narrative, but what made The Matrix kind of unique in a respect is that it was very much a East meets West sort of action style, where you not only have like the the shoot 'em up that was very popular in Western media, but you also had like kind of the Eastern kung fu action mixed in there too, mm-hmm. and it, it was a uh, a unique blend at the time, and um we didn't really get that
1: yeah i'm look. i'm so we're watching as this is going i just put on the lobby shootout scene you know the one of the most iconic fights in the matrix in the original one and it's amazing how clear the geography of the scene is and how important it is and again how long they hold on each action beat where basically they only need to cut so that like in, a, they can reset whatever effect they're doing, yeah. or give you an actual new angle on what's what's going on.
0: So there's an old rule in filmmaking. I have mentioned it a few in a few different reviews in the past. Uh, every cut should happen for a reason, and the reason can't just be I'm bored. Yeah. And there are a few cuts in here that maybe weren't super necessary. Like there's one where Trinity's running up, and they cut back to the guard shooting at her, even though we have mm-hmm. the bullet holes hitting the wall. Um, so we know that she's being shot at, we don't really need to see them shooting at her, uh, because it's not like it's, it's a, it's not like a mid shot where you see the distance between them closing or something like that. It's just Mm -hmm. them shooting at her, which we already know is happening. So that's, that's one where it's like, maybe not necessary, but it's not as flow breaking as some of these fucking cuts and And resurrections.
1: Exactly. And I'm looking at this scene right here. So these three kicks, right? you see every kick. Whereas in a lot of, this is a lot of, you
0: go from wind up to connecting.
1: (laughs) Right. And where in a lot of modern movies who are trying to cut corners with choreography. They use the cut as a substitute for the connection and for the hit. Like it's almost like in WWE where as soon as they hit, they cut to the other angle to kind of make you think like to, to kind of jump over the actual moment in your mind. And, That's why I felt like in this one, where they'll like they'll cut, so you don't actually see any full moves. This is a
0: technique used a lot when you have when you haven't spent money on stuntmen or fight choreographers, and you have actors that don't know how to fight. You see that a ton in a lot of modern movies, and I point it out every time we review one of these movies. Um, but. And and it's so bad <laughs> and the, Yes. Like look at all now. these fucking cuts.
1: And look at this stupid blocking of the scene where there's like thirty dudes everywhere.
0: Yeah, and like watch I think it's the dichotomy is so clear when you look at Neo fighting Agent Smith. Because you look at Neo Fighting Agent Smith in the original Matrix, and it is like really for for two guys who have not been you know lifelong martial artists, I'm sure, mm-hmm. very good kung fu. This is a lot slower. There's a lot more camera cuts that aren't necessary,
1: and the camera bobs up and down and kind of yeah. They flips do some of that shaky everywhere.
0: cam, and like and that that was a that was a bad one where Agent Smith punches Neo, and they cut back to Neo on the ship, like turning his head like he's been hit. Um. Mm-hmm and it's just it's just so
1: it's dumb filler act it's filler action
0: it's not even like i don't have a problem with it being action it's just very poorly produced
1: <laughs> wait 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 i need to see this one shot of her fighting like where is it right here right here it's uh, no 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 after this guy comes down this right here, oh, where, where no, 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 this where you don't see what is that shot? What yeah. is that? Shot? Yeah. Where she's just like flailing, and you kind of see she her. She uh, froze her froze her leg up, and then they cut to so to her general torso region to her,
0: to her opposite shoulder, and you see a guy recoil like he's been hit. But my favorite shot was right before that, where she they show her kick, and she's like barely above her waist, <laughs> and that's supposed to like fended off the...
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't, it didn't even get a, up to a high kick.
0: Yeah, none of the... Uh, none of the new characters they introduced in this movie are particularly memorable.
1: No, I mean, maybe the analyst, but that's just because Neil Patrick Harris is... You know, even if he's not... Even if he's just kind of phoning it in, he's a fun dude. Yeah,
0: I think he did a good job in this in this movie. I wouldn't say that he necessarily phoned it in. I just don't think it was a very good movie. Um.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, so that's kind of in the second act. The third act, again, um, it's, there's this fight in the city where all the cuts feel like it's going nowhere and it never go. like they don't, they aren't making any progress through the city. You kind of lose track of everything. <laughs> the
0: Lancelot paradigm. <laughs>
1: yeah. It fucking exactly is what I was thinking when I was watching this. Um, but the yeah the third act is just dumb action. Um, I did want to talk about the second act for a little bit because if they are gonna turn this into dumb action stuff filler, oh wait, before we do that, we gotta talk about um, Neo's Neo's force field hands. How many times in this action sequence does he hold up his hands like like an old man who's about to get hit by a bus? And like, ah. like right, he's doing it right now. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing it now. <laughs> and oh, so he does that like 30 times in this to a thousand times in this sequence. Um because he doesn't he can't do any actual on vehicle choreography, so they're like, "All right, yeah. Neo, put your hand or <laughs> Keanu. <laughs> Keanu, put your hands out and we'll do a green put, screen."
0: Put them hands out.
1: And that that's a lot of his fighting in this movie is just uh using it like it's the force in the prequels where you could just use it whenever and whatever and it solves everything um but again if they're gonna turn it into dumb action schlock schlock we got to talk about um the the lore and 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 uh, io which is zion but Mm. they just they took off the letters yeah um so yeah this is gonna be like a series like It's a nifty setting where you can have lots of adventures. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot like
0: the original Matrix, where I kind of wanted to see more Zion shit, Mm -hmm. um, which we got in the sequels, and that was the best part of the sequels, was the stuff that was going on outside of the Matrix.
1: Yeah, and you can definitely tell that they wanted to cheap lore build, because they, um, I guess, not cheap lore build, but they wanted to just, like, it's like using Mrs. Dash, on, on your stake when they put in couple of fan, uh, fan, quote unquote fantasy races, you know where they have the right. synthians and you have the digi boy, the the digimons, the digimons. Um, so the
0: one of the interesting world building conceits of this movie is that after Neo and Trinity sacrificed themselves, um, more humans started rebelling, and there was a big energy crisis because, as you know, they use humans as an energy source in the Matrix. They still went with that world. Um. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it's been so thoroughly debunked as impractical, but um, they went with that. So there was an energy crisis, and it led to a civil war between the machines, and you had like human sympathizers (laughs) amongst the machines, and you know that's an interesting concept that you could you could have explored a little more for the sequel, but instead we just went with with
1: what we had done before, (laughs) and. We're gonna make a long callback to the beginning of this podcast when we talked about how much DNA of Space Jam Two is in this. Yes. Um, so Morpheus, he gets to live in the in the real world as one of these Digimon boys, um, and the effect is uncannily similar uh, to um, Don, uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Okay, LG was, Rhythm. Yeah. Al G. Rhythm in fucking Space Jam 2 um, where I was I just saw him like I guess that's a, it's, I just saw it like that's a sign of the cheapness that they just um, they just took that and they said you guys developed this really cool effect that we can map onto a dude's body. Let's just tweak a couple things and we'll just put that in this Matrix movie. So, The Matrix, that's oh, The Revolutions. Um, how
0: much money does this have? This is a $190 million budget. Yeah. Where did that money go? Is my question. Because, like, a lot of the CG looks pretty cheap. It's not an expensive movie to, like, costume design for. Mm hmm. <laughs> I, the, guess, the I, guess set Keanu, design. I guess Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are bigger name actors. Keanu especially is a bigger name actor now. And he probably commanded a little more money. Mm-hmm. But especially
1: because like, they had to like they had to wrestle him off of John Wick 4. Yeah. Which uh, we should say has a release date. I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah. I think these were filmed concurrently, which might explain why Neo did so little physical in this movie. Because mm-hmm. they felt John Wick Four was going to be the bigger money maker for them. May twenty seventh of this year. Okay. So five months yet.
1: <laughs> um, as we as we're watching through this movie, I watched the the Digimon have to take a make a physical jump, despite <laughs> being made of floaty particles. Yeah, it's
0: it's just so weird. <laughs> Strange. So many weird decisions. Um,
1: but if again, if they're going to be making a you know a, a fucking HBO Max thirteen episode series out of the adventures of Bugs <laughs> or whomever, what? What else was she in? Was she in um uh Golden F- Iron Fist? What gender studies major? Yeah, what's the, the blue hair girl? Yeah.
0: Uh The Matrix Resurrections. Jessica Henwick, you were in... Show me your IMDb. Show me your IMDb. She was in Love and Monsters, On the Rocks, and Game of Thrones. I don't, I don't think we would have recognized her from anything. Oh,
1: damn, I feel like I've seen her somewhere. Uh
0: She will be in Knives Out 2. Um... Oh yeah, she was an Iron Fist. Okay, it. she was she, was, she was like the. Why is that not on her known for? <coughs> I guess I, I guess know. if I were an actor, I wouldn't want to be known for Iron <coughs> Fist either. Yeah, yeah. So she's was... in this movie, and she is. You know what? I'll, I got to give the movie credit. I was expecting her to like replace Neo as the more uh, diversity friendly protagonist of this film, I but was, instead. Yeah. They just forgot she existed it's on the third act of the round.
1: They literally used her as a placeholder. I was at very, the end.
0: I was pleasantly surprised that they didn't try to force her into being the new one or whatever.
1: <laughs> Although, I don't know what that means. See, that's the that's the other question. Is like that's why they do those handoffs. Is is Neo gonna have to come back for whatever? You know, is Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss? gonna have to come back
0: there shouldn't be anything to come back to though like there shouldn't be there shouldn't have been this movie like the the biggest question i had with this movie is why did you make this Mm -hmm. and there is no answer other than we wanted to cash in on the legacy of these films
1: right i mean i think that's what a lot of this movie is devoted to answering is like why why am i here this movie, like that's what a lot of the, the yeah, content there, of this movie. There is
0: isn't really fine. a satisfactory yeah. answer to it, and it's because there there is no reason. Like the narrative of the story was completed. I, honestly, mm-hmm. you could have you could have been satisfied with the first movie and just left it at that. But they came back for two sequels where they expanded the narrative. But even that story arc and that that narrative that was concluded, relatively absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: at the end of the third movie. But then this movie it's like, "Oh no, AI can create organic life. We've resurrected the bodies of Neo and Trinity and their unfulfilled love for each other will power the matrix and make Germany the diamond of Europe for the next 1000 years." <laughs> it's like, "What? Excuse me?"
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I mean, there's no need to come back to it and you know mm-hmm. i it was hard for me and i wasn't when we did the trailer review i was not excited for this movie because i'm like there's the other first off the other two sequels sucked <laughs> mm-hmm. so why would this you know 20 years later be any better and the answer is it was not any better
1: yeah. and i think that's why i i feel like this is in at least in part kind of like an ironic movie it's like a fuck you movie like um, if it
0: is if it come i might there might come a day where I have a a sort of perverse appreciation for this movie if it comes out that it was an act of sabotage <laughs> by Lana Wachowski yeah. to make sure that there is no more matrix sequels afterwards but until such a time I will I will have to uh stay firm in my belief that this movie is really just a waste of time like there's no no purpose for it like mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't really further the narrative of the story. It just kind of like resets you back to after the first Matrix. Um, yeah. It it's... doesn't introduce any new concepts. It doesn't introduce any really new or memorable care. Well, I mean, there are new characters, but they're not like memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is, it's a, whereas the first Matrix st- st- had enough staying power to stick with people for 20 plus years after the fact, I'm gonna forget this movie in like two
1: weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's neutrally. I would describe it to me as neutrally buoyant. It doesn't rise to the top <laughs> like the cream, but it doesn't. It doesn't hit rock bottom for me either. It's just gonna float. And no,
0: like a spoiler alert. Along by this the- is not gonna win my most disappointing picture of the year award. No, um, it's not as bad as some of the shit I've seen this year but at the same time
1: it's not good either yeah um that's that's about the long and short of it it's free on HBO that's the that's the uh, it's always the redeem the uh the tag at the end it's free on HBO Max um yeah I wouldn't pay money to watch this yeah I wouldn't either so that's that's the show, everyone. Yep. Uh,
0: we should be back streaming um, this weekend. I've, I've got I've got the capability of doing so now, so we we might do something small to get, to get back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we'll we'll see how it goes from there. I don't know how the quality of the stream is going to be. I'm not in control of the, the internet situation. as strongly but... as I. I'm accustomed to being so. We'll see how that goes, but I will be soon. Next month, I'll hopefully be in my new house, and then we do not have to deal with that anymore. So, uh, Twitch TV backslash SatinStuds is the place to go for that. SaturnStuds.com has links to that. Our YouTube and all our uh, assor- associated uh, acts are there. Um, we are affiliated with Iron Blood Gaming. You can check all those guys out. Um, and until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's
1: 1995.
0: Peace. Bye-bye. Oh, boy.